Good morning, everyone. We are live here in my kitchen uh, for today's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. You know, welcome to the show and podcast. I'm Laurie Salarulo. I'm your host and the proud CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. You know, this show was created so that we could inspire our audience as well as the students that we serve. You know, tens of thousands of students get to watch and listen and learn from the leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, and business people that we have on our show. And so it's amazing for them to hear the ingredients to uh, our guest success and their journeys. Sometimes I think our kids think we start out where we are today. Um, and so this gives them a chance to see that we have gone through a lot of what they're going to go through. If you've missed any of our shows, you can certainly check them out at jasouthflorida.org. Uh, this month, you know, I want to mention we are celebrating Women's History Month. And this month is a time to reflect on the courage, the experiences, and the accomplishments of the determined heroic women who came before us. You know, it's also a time to realize that this is a great time for us to give back to our girls and to make sure that we pay it forward, right, and help them to prepare to shatter new ceilings, right, as time goes on in the future. And so we're really excited. You'll hear more about our Girls Rule Initiative uh, during one of our breaks. But this morning, I am so thrilled to be able to bring one of our longtime partners, someone I have known in the community for quite a long time, um, to our show and uh, hear his story and his journey uh, and also hear about his company, a little bit about his company. Hector Ponte is the Region Bank uh, president for Wells Fargo, Southeast Florida region. He is responsible for 60, 60 Wells Fargo branches and more than 650 employees. So I know he has a good idea of the skill sets, right, uh, that we need to train our young people for. Uh, 30 years in the financial services industry. I cannot wait to hear his story. So good morning and welcome, Hector. Good morning, Lori. And uh it's my pleasure to be on with you on the podcast and to be talking to Junior Achievement and all the students out there in Broward County. Uh, we so appreciate you taking the time this morning. You know, and uh, we're going to get into your journey and the ingredients that have made you successful. But I wanted to touch base just for a moment um, and just share a little bit about um, Wells Fargo, how are things going? You and I talked just a little bit about right having to pivot. I know everybody's tired of that word. Um, but talk a little bit about that, maybe how you as the leader here in South Florida got your teams through this um, and how things are going. Absolutely. Well, a little bit about Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is a leading financial services company that proudly serves one in three U.S. households. Uh, we're in the business of helping customers fulfill their dreams. You know, dreams like buying a home or buying a car, sending their children to college, retiring financially secure, and starting or expanding their business. And we do this through our products and services like checking and savings accounts, credit cards, personal loans, you know, small business loans, mortgages, and we offer investment services too. Uh, in Broward County, you said we have uh, 60 branches. So we do that through our 60 branch locations. We have over 1,200 employees in Broward County not just those that report to me that work in the branches, but our colleagues in our commercial, our wealth departments, and other support areas. Wow. Um, and, that, and that's what we do on a, on a normal day. But as you all know, about a year ago, you know, the pandemic hit and uh, 
you know, to reuse the word, we, we had to pivot, we had to adjust. Um, unlike some uh, of our businesses where they were able to, you know, take their laptop and go work from home, uh, the employees in our branches can't do that because the customers come into our buildings. And so we had to quickly figure out how we were going to provide a safe environment for our employees and our customers. Uh, from putting up, you know, plexiglass dividers, uh, you know, at every uh, station, at every, every banker desk, limiting the number of customers that could come in at one time so we could socially distance, making sure that we had, you know, uh, masks for employees. And we also have masks for customers when they forget to bring one. Right. Um, we, uh, we quickly saw our customer traffic into the branches uh, really go down back in you know, March, April, May of last year. Um, and then it started to pick up again in the summer. Uh, however, a lot of our customers uh, learned how to use our, our digital platform in order to do a lot of the things that they normally come to the bank for. Many of our customers visited our drive-throughs and our ATMs for the first time uh, and have figured out that those are acceptable ways of doing their banking without having to come in necessarily to see a person face-to-face. -face. However, we're still here for them uh, to take care of them, you know, face-to-face -face yeah. if that's what they would like. Um, we also are doing a lot by appointment these days. That way customers don't need to wait in our lobbies, you know, surrounded by other customers. You know, they can make a, a convenient appointment and then just come in for that. And we do that as safely as we can for them and for our employees. Yeah, it certainly sounds like, you know, customer service, right? You know, through all of this was first and foremost for all of you, making sure that not only were they safe, right, physically, um, but also meeting them where they are with all of the different ways that they could do business with you and making it as easy for them as possible. Um, and so I love that. And I think there's something to be said for that. And we can all learn from, from that experience. You know, it's interesting. You said 1,200 employees. And I wonder, you know, I we have a small organization, of course, compared to Wells Fargo. We're about 25 full-time employees. And, you know, building a culture uh, is so important, especially during times like this, right? Our employees, our, our associates need to know that we care about them, that we're there for them, they can trust us, right? All of those things. I can't imagine what that was like to do with 1,200 employees. What was your secret? Like, how did you do that? How did you make sure that they knew, right, that you cared about them and create that culture? Absolutely. Well, yeah, the, the ingredients to getting through, uh, through times like this, uh, you know, are uh, making sure that uh, your employees uh, know that you're there, you know, providing a clear vision for the way ahead. Uh, they're going to rely on you to offer support and guidance as they work through their reactions. Um, you know, we need to understand how to embrace yeah, change and challenges, and, and we need to help our employees, um, you know, when these you know, when moments like these arise, um, right. you know, leadership really does matter. Uh, and it allows you to have, you know, a fully engaged workforce that stays focused on, on the job at hand, knowing that you have their back, that you care for them. You know, we, we wanted to be here for our customers, but first and foremost, we wanted to make sure our employees were safe and that they knew that they were a priority. Um, mm. 
you know, it's important that we lead ourselves through these challenges too. I mean, I was going through the pandemic too. I right. didn't know any any more than anybody else did. Uh, and so making sure we, uh, you know, we stayed informed, uh, that we took care of, of ourselves while taking care of others. Um, you know, earlier I talked to you uh, that, you know, the favorite part of my job is being out in the branches with our employees and our customers. I'm in the office today doing the podcast, uh, you know, wearing, wearing a tie, uh, <laughs> which, which since the pandemic, I haven't done very much of. Even when I visited the branch. I'm so honored that you dressed up for me today. <laughs> I did. I dressed up for you and your students. Um, you know, we, we even relaxed our, our uh, professional attire policy so that our employees didn't have to worry about, you know, having to dry clean or wash or whatever they, they were doing before. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. the little things make a difference. You know, making sure that we knew that everybody could take care of themselves. And we do have quite a number of employees that due to their personal health situation, were not able to work in the branch. And some of them were reassigned to support other areas. Uh, some of them are on paid leaves uh, so that, you know, we're not exposing them, uh, you know, they're, you know, compromised in some way. Uh, right. But really getting to understand every situation. Yeah, great ingredients, absolutely. Um, so, I think before we go, the next place I want to go is I want to talk about your journey, right? And because you didn't start where you are today, uh, certainly not in a 30-year journey, right? I'm sure there were some bumps, some hills, some valleys along the way, uh, and some things that got you to where you are today. But before we do that, uh, we're going to let that simmer, and we're going to take a little break. Okay. It's Chris. My name is Kathy Donnelly. I am the Director of Community Relations for the Castle Group. I am so proud to join the Women Ignite Girls Futures movement, and I'm going to share with you my superpower today, and that is my emotional intelligence. I use it each and every day to bring gratitude, empathy, and compassion into the boardroom, and that helps create solutions that are harmonious, that are collaborative, and that are most importantly, inclusive. That's my superpower. Well, welcome back. And um, I just want to make sure, you know, just to touch on that for a second. Donnelly, part of our Girls Rule Initiative. Um, so important for girls to hear from, from women like Kathy uh, about their superpowers. And uh, we're so excited about Girls Rule. Uh, the launch is on the 16th of March, and then our girls mentoring session um, is on the 31st, where we'll talk to our girls about finding their superpowers and how to help them so and raise them up. So Hector, I want to go back to your story and your journey. You know, 30 years ago, did you ever think you'd be where you are today? And, you know, how did it happen? Oh, not, not at all. I mean, I began my career. Uh, this is going to be my 35th year with the bank. Wow. Uh, as a part-time teller uh, at our little Havana branch in Miami. Uh, I was going to college. Uh, it was just a job. Never could I have imagined that 35 years later, uh, I would still be 
with the same organization. Um, wow. And that I'd be sitting across from you as the region bank president, you know, leading, leading our, our Broward County branches. Uh, you know, I was a, a, a teller, a teller supervisor, a branch manager at several branches, and then took on various district and regional roles until four years ago, I, uh, I became the region bank president uh, here for our branches in, in Broward. Wow, great story. You know, you don't hear too often anymore about people with the same company, right, for 30, 35 years. It's just, you know, today, if someone stays in a job, I think the average research shows the average is probably about three years. Um, you know, there isn't that loyalty and that commitment to staying with companies long term. And maybe that's because people are looking to move and, and they think, you know, that that comes faster with leaving. But you did certainly prove that you can stay with the company and move up through the ranks. Um, but I'm sure there were times, you know, I read, there's a great leadership book that I've read by Mark Miller and he, and this, this young man is, is the story. And he thinks he's ready for the next position, but he ends up not getting it for, and then finally he gets to the root of why, right? And, and so that's what the story is all about. And so, were there moments like that? I mean, was it an easy path? Uh, were there jobs that maybe you went for in the bank? I want our, our students to understand that and all of us to know that, you know, it doesn't always happen the way we think it's going to happen, right? We don't always get everything we think we want. That That's correct. Um, yeah, and, and by the way, 35 years, you know, same institution, you know, three different names. So when I started with the bank, we were Florida National Bank. Uh, actually, four different names. Ford National <laughs> Bank, it was acquired by First Union. First Union became Wachovia. Wachovia was bought by, by Wells Fargo. So, uh, you know, they, they bought me along the way. <laughs> I, I would say the most difficult moment in my 35-year career so far, uh, completely unexpected, was, uh, was in 2008. After, uh, after more than 20 years with the bank, uh, my boss called me and said uh, it, he needed to meet with me and I knew something was wrong. Uh, and then he told me that my position had been eliminated. Uh, mm. And it didn't just happen to me, uh, it happened to everybody who had the same position across the company. Uh, but it was really difficult to comprehend because I, I had been doing a good job. Uh, you know, my position added value and then for financial reasons, the decision was made to eliminate it. And, uh, you know, I, uh, at that time had, you know, you know, I was married, I had three young children, uh, and I had no idea how I was going to maintain my family. Uh, and I was also really sad about possibly leaving the company after 20 years. Um, I knew it hadn't been done to me, uh, so I, and that I had to get through it. Uh, and because I had done a good job and built a solid reputation for myself, my, my, bosses were really supportive. Um, I, uh, I had a, a three-month notice and there was a nice severance package, uh, but I spent the next three months with two missions, two, two things I wanted to do. Uh, the first one was, you know, finding a new job uh, inside or outside the bank. Uh, and the second thing was helping my bosses figure out who would do everything that I was doing. Uh, and I, I made no time for bitterness or self-pity. Many of my peers uh, were paralyzed by it, you know, in, in, and, they, and they were unable to keep working, uh, you know, and, uh, and I didn't. I worked every day until 
and literally for the full three months. And in between sourcing for possible jobs, supplying and interviewing, I, I showed up to work every day until the last day where I actually got a job offer uh, here at the bank. Uh, wow. It allowed me to stay at the bank and continue to further my career. That job only lasted six months until uh, a much better opportunity that led me to where I am today uh, showed up. Uh, wow. the, the lesson has continued to assist me in my career and, and I've shared it with many others because over the course of the last 15 years, uh, others around me have found themselves, you know, reorganized, uh, you know, re, re, uh, redesigned, uh, you know, their areas and in some cases displaced. Um, and your reputation is a valuable contributor uh, to not only, uh, you know, being able to get promoted, but also when there's a, a time of need, like you're, you've been displaced, you've been uh, laid off, uh, that your that your um, bosses will will uh, find a way to keep you. I love that. So often people be, do become bitter, right, in situations like that, and and it shows that's when we really see who someone is, right? And as you said, right, what they're made of. Um, I love that story. That is such a great story, especially for our young people, but all of us. I mean, we've all probably been through that at one time or another in our careers. You mentioned that the bank you had gone through, you, you've been with the same organization, but that that organization was bought out, right, and changed names four times. I have to imagine that with four turnovers, right, or takeovers, whichever, uh, that there was uh, there was a change in the culture uh, and policies and processes, right, how each bank did things that you had to adapt to. Talk a little bit about that and, you know, that change each time. How did you deal with that? And, you know, what, what was that like? Because I think adaptability, right, comes to mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, being flexible, being adaptable um, is a really big ingredient to, uh, to being successful in any uh, organization. I mean, you know, the one thing that's been constant over 35 years is change. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once you embrace that, then you no longer are, uh, are you know, are, are taken by surprise uh, by change. Uh, but I, I would say the, the ingredients to, to my success, things that I have shared uh, with others, people that I mentor, anytime anybody asks me to talk about, you know, the success in my career, I, I would attribute it to five different things. Uh, the first one is work hard. Regardless of what your job is, you know, do your job well. Um, you know, never, never let up on, on being successful in the role you have today. The second thing is be kind to others. And I know that that goes, maybe it sounds very simple, but I, early in my career, I saw people uh, step on others for their benefit, uh, you know, throw people under the bus, um, you know, mm. and, and really mistreating people isn't going to be a, a long-term strategy. So never mistreat or take advantage of others. Uh, you know, a fellow team member, a customer, uh, that's not going to lead you to success. You know, your, your character, your reputation matters. Yeah. Uh, the third thing is learn everything that you can and take charge of your development. Learn Love about it. your business, learn about your current job, learn about the next job that you want to have. I mean, no one cares more about 
your development or no one should care more about your development than you. Um, and along the way, I've heard people say, well, I'll learn that once I get the job or I'll learn that when someone tells me that I need to. And it, it doesn't make you more prepared. You know, what you learn, no one can ever take away from you. You know, when, when uh, 15 years ago, I thought I was gonna have to go work at another, at another institution, everything that I had learned uh, at Wachovia until that point, you know, uh, I could bring with me. You know, no one can take that away from you. The skills, you know, the experience. The next thing is say yes to your bosses. When your boss asks you to take on a, an extra responsibility, a project, a, an assignment, it's another way to learn. It's another way to work hard. And, and don't worry about compensation, about getting credit. Those things eventually come. You know, when you've taken on these extra responsibilities, when you've learned these extra skills, you know, they're going to show up when someone is looking for someone with those skills. You know, yeah. or if you interview for a job, you can talk about these additional things that you've done as a result of these responsibilities that have given to you. It makes you more marketable. It, it makes you stand out versus a peer that maybe did not do that. And lastly, I would say always have an aspiration. I mean, as we talked before, I didn't show up on September 2nd, 1986, wanting to be the bank president. Uh, but, you know, a few months into the job, I figured out that I liked banking and that I liked working with people. And so then I wanted to be, you know, the teller supervisor. And when I was a teller supervisor, I figured out my next role was to be an assistant manager. And so each time, knowing what I wanted to do next until you become the region bank president, at which time right now I don't want to do anything more than what I'm currently doing other than every day do it a little bit better so I can support my team and my customers. So that's my current aspiration. How can I be you know, more effective in, in my job? I love I it. He might want <laughs> me to do other things. I won't today, tell him. He'll never hear this, I'm sure. I'm sure no one's going to send him the link to today's it's private. <laughs> I love it. Um, so, Hector, we're going to go for a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to read uh, some of the ingredients that we've talked about today, which were absolutely amazing. I cannot wait for our young people. I've learned so much, but I can't wait for them to hear. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you what your main ingredient to success is. Okay. One of our organization's three core focuses is workforce readiness. We are committed to not only training young people to fill the talent pipeline, but we're also addressing youth employment by putting students in jobs during the summers. Studies show that work helps to bridge the opportunity gap and that students who enter the workforce early are far more likely to secure better, high paying jobs later in life. You know, youth employment programs like Junior Achievement not only benefit our students, who even after their summer work experience have the skills and the confidence to go out and interview and land jobs, but it contributes to the health of our local economy and it brings value to the employers and their businesses. Uh, this summer we worked with Junior Achievement for the first time. We had an intern, her name was Vanessa, and Vanessa was great. She helped our team. She was professional, she was creative, 
This really gave our team the opportunity to share you know, what they do in a professional setting with someone that is uh, looking for the experience. So certainly a win-win. Well, welcome back. Thank you, Hector. Um, and, you know, we uh, we always want to listen. Those commercials, by the way, can be taken by anybody who would love to sponsor. But until then, we thought that we would use that time to promote some of the things happening at Junior Achievement. And so we definitely wanted to promote our summer youth employment program um, where these kids have been training for eight months and then going out into the, the workforce during the summer, many of them getting jobs after because now they have the skills. Um, and so you heard from the employer, um, they're really ready for us and we need to get them ready. So so thanks for all that you do to support this, this work, uh, Hector. So I'm going to read some of your ingredients, which uh, is a really long list, by the way. Um, and I'm sure we could have kept going. There would have been more. But just to read a few. The very first thing you mentioned was the bank's mission to fulfill dreams. And I always think about that as knowing your why, knowing the passion, right? Why you're doing what you do. <clears throat> um, letting people know, especially your, your associates or your customers, that you're there for them. Having that clear vision and supporting and guiding them through that mission. I love when you said this, leadership matters. And I truly do believe that, that we lead, you know, our the people will follow, not what we say, but but how we lead them and, and what we do. Um, having their back so that they can focus on their jobs, right? Making it as easy as possible, giving them the resources that they need so they can focus. People are the priority, as you said, but I love this and not something I'm very good at, taking care of yourself while you're also taking care of your people. Stay informed, which also goes to what you said later on about learning all you can, right? And growing all you can. Adjusting and, and you know, uh, being able to, you know, live with new policies and ways of doing things. Um, learning in each role as you go. Um, I think so often you said something very interesting. And I think so often we think that the company or our leader is responsible for our growth. You are so right. I believe I agree with you that we are responsible for our growth. Right. I tell our people all the time. We believe in you and we want to help develop you. I need to know what do you need? I can suggest some things, but I also want to know how you want to grow. Right. And I think that's important for them to have a role in that um, confidence. You talked about helping others, making sure to help others, um, you know, getting past bitterness and pushing through your fears, showing up even when it's difficult times. Uh, and showing people who you are through building and, and protecting your reputation, embracing change. Oh, we've all learned about that uh, recently. Working hard, being kind, saying yes to new opportunities. I always say that to my daughter and my nieces who I love to mentor, you know, be open to the possibilities and the opportunities. Uh, standing out from the rest, really important, right? We can all be average, but how are you gonna stand out from the rest? Uh, knowing your goals and, as you said, you know, getting a little bit better each day. Love, love, love all these ingredients. Um, it's no wonder that you are where you are today uh, and leading uh, this organization here in Broward uh, and leading 1,200 people. Uh, they're fortunate to have you. And so now 
I want to ask you because every every recipe has a main ingredient, right? I'm Italian, so my, my Sunday gravy, of course, is tomatoes is my main ingredient. What is Hector's main ingredient to success? It's a great question. I'm glad you went to break and you gave me a heads up. You were going to ask me because uh, I did give you a lot of a lot of ingredients there. I, I would say if I had to boil it down to one overarching theme. Um, you know, both professionally and personally, that would be staying true to my core beliefs. You know, when you when you look at, at uh, a lot of those ingredients that you uh, that you talked about, between uh, you know working hard and and uh, and being kind and taking charge of of uh, opportunities and and things like that, those are part of who I am. You know, in my personal life, right? Um, you know. Having, having faith that everything you know, happens for a reason uh, and not allowing things to bring me down, I bring that, I bring that to work. Uh, and so we, we have our, our expectations, our vision at, at Wells Fargo and, and you know, those, those things align with who I am. Uh, and it allows me uh, all of these years uh, to endure you know, the happy moments. Uh, and those everybody can, can uh, can uh, endure and, and then the uh, the challenging moments that in 35 years there have been plenty of them and and this past year has had quite quite a few challenges uh, yeah. and yet I, I can sit here and, and uh, say that we're blessed this morning just to be sitting across from each other uh, virtually uh, uh, having having a conversation it'd be easy to focus on on all of the bad things that have happened around us. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, I want to read something to you, Hector. One of our viewers is Nellie Rubio, who I'm guessing you know. I uh, and Nellie says, good morning, Hector. You're an inspiration. You have accomplished so much since I met you more than a decade ago. This is great advice. Success is a series of small steps with a great vision. So I just wanted to read you that little bit of feedback from one of our viewers uh, and obviously one of your followers. Uh, and you, so. Nelly. I want to thank you, uh, Hector, for staying true to who you are. You know, it's obvious that you believe in our community as well by all of the things that you're involved in. Um, you know, so not only support, right? I, I, I don't just mean because a lot of us can put the support of the finances and the resources behind, but you support organizations that you believe in, right, um, personally. Uh, and give of your time and your expertise to those organizations. So thank you for being such a major uh, influence in and inspiration in our community uh, to us. Uh, thank you for supporting our students. Uh, hopefully they will have careers like yours someday. And that's, you know, that's our goal. That's our why. We want to make sure that we prepare them to be the Hectors of tomorrow. So thank you for everything you do. Well, it, it's my pleasure. It's the it's the right thing to do. And again, it's it's just who I am. I love it. Well, I love who you are. Stay who you are and uh, make sure that you keep on cooking. <laughs> and thanks, everyone, for watching. We look forward to seeing you on next week's episode of Jay's Recipe for Success. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you.